Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. You're here with Ryan, Lenny. What's up? It's 2.22. That means it's margarita time. And John. T-t-t-t-twos. Yeah, that's it's the year. It's 2022, folks. And uh, they were talking about how hot hatches are the best. Mr. Zero Lift takes us on story time. And John has a very unique car on what I wish I was driving. It's an engine that seems like a thing, but it's a different thing. So that should be quite interesting. Let's see if Lenny can notch another debut. Maybe no I'll help him along with some weird brainstorm out the ball question that'll Dude, just I'm be an aha moment. Right now. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see if I can clutch up and get that play. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Well, let's get started with uh, what we've done this week. And if uh, you're new here, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at uh, zeroliftpodcast.eth, courtesy of Mr. Zero Lift himself over there. So, John, why don't you get us started? What have you been up to this week? Anything exciting in bike and or car news for you there oh, on the East Coast? Golly, golly gee willikers. Um, well, I have been getting into the garage little by little, and like I'm like, ooh, squirrel, ooh, squirrel, because I have the Daytona, the track bike, and the Ducati both kind of half ripped apart. So I'll like fit a brake line on the Ducati and then I'll like look at the Daytona and be like, oh my God, I can do this. And then I'll run over and like do a thing on the Daytona and then I'm like, oh my God, I can do this. And so um, I've got the Ducati pretty much all mocked up. I pulled it off the lift today because I made some custom brake lines and I think I mismeasured them. <laughs> so i think oh I need to, no yeah and i oh. i need to be able to turn the the handlebars all the way left and right to make sure i'm not tugging on them so i'm gonna remeasure all that trash and then i put the daytona on the lift um i put like a rise in the handlebars on the daytona because i don't know man i'm getting old and like that it's just not comfortable. Oh, yeah, it's just not oh, comfortable man. to ride. <laughs> oh gosh, guys. Oh jeez. And uh, a lot of L's right now, John. I know. I I can't. Like you should you should hear about my love life. Um so uh <laughs> hey, that starts with an L. Uh, um folks don't got time for that. <laughs> so uh, you know, I got the Daytona on there and I'm going to try and put it back together. Of course, I don't know how, I don't know when. But I have a aftermarket aluminum fairing stay because the for the front like nose fairing, which is a fancy way of saying plastics on the Daytona and the stock one tends to snap when you crash. And so I bought this like tubular aluminum tracky bit. And at some point, I don't know, like shipping it maybe from through the Navy and they loaded up on a truck like it bent the fairing stay and so now the fairings don't quite bolt up right like you can bend it back but it's getting the right angle and getting all the other bolts to line up and stuff and it's it's not, not smooth yeah it's not wanting to quite go so i'm basically cursing at it a lot um and i i that redid i did i redid a bunch of stuff in the daytona like i said raise the bars a little bit i have new brake and clutch lines and gucci'd up some little bits and bobs of it um you doing anything to the GTR? It's just maintenance right now. You got any plans? Um, That's what I want to hear about. Yeah. So on the drink. No, I do. I have. So I like keep a project board in my garage, and like, I just it's like kind of a exhaustive grocery list of everything I'm doing on all my stuff because 
I always have so many things going on at once. I would just put a gun in my head if I didn't. So, um, on the GTR right now, first order of business. Yep. Drink. Bottoms up. Oh boy. Uh, Um, Margarita time, boys. Wasted away in Margaritaville. Um, the first order of business for that is I want to refresh all of the weather strip and like window seals and stuff. Which, if you know anything about GTRs, that's a there's a couple of those metal pieces that run along all the windows that are very expensive. Um, Prohibitively expensive. Yeah. So a while ago, I replaced the felt that scrapes against the windows. And I want to nice. go back and just redo all the rubber around the windshields and the metal guides and all that stuff. And then after that, the next two things that I'm eyeballing is I want to get a ETS Pro all-wheel drive controller and maybe install that. So I bought a new nitrogen canister for the Atessa. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing that Why? like... so. You know the Atessa has a, it has a can filled with nitrogen that pressurizes the system. And yeah, I'm, I'm, aw- I'm aware of the, the yeah, the yeah, it's right in front of the power steering pump. Right, uh, no, not the power steering pump. It's by the differential, the rear differential. It's on the Atessa pump itself. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're talking about two different things. Then. And it's it's the thing canister. when you bleed the Atessa system and you cycle the key it like pumps a little bit of nitrogen into the system and that's why you cycle the key and that's what like bleeds and pressurizes and purges the system. Um, it's okay. common on GTRs. Mine isn't ex- displaying this behavior, but it's common for that nitrogen canister to like go empty. Um, and that causes your Tessa to not work right. And uh, I just happened to pick up a new one, like new old stock Nissan one. It's been sitting around in my garage and I was thinking about getting the ETS all-wheel drive controller because you can custom program and you can remove the Atessa computer and it just runs standalone and it's gangster. Um, and then while I did that, replacing the nitrogen can. Um, and then the next order of business would be that in one block I have in the stroker crank and building a 2.8. Ooh. Now, obviously, all of these things, like that, encomp- that's a year. You know what I mean? But that's... So, like, right now, my KTM, the bike, is, like, everything I want. The Ducati, when I'm done with the current project, is going to be everything I want. The Daytona will be everything I want. Once that's all there, I will probably have to move. (laughs) And then once I'm moved, then I'm like, okay, GTR. First thing, weather strip. Second thing, all-wheel drive. Third thing, engine build. I would just like to go back to the pump really quick because you you inspired a question Uh uh-huh do you know what the symptom is of of the that altesa pump not uh working properly i mean one it's the four-wheel drive system not kicking in not to be a dick but like that's that's symptom one (laughs) completely yeah Um, i I understand two (laughs) two if it's if it's on the way out but it's still kind of working if when you cycle the key on uh, you hear a bunch of clicking from the rear of the car, like a weird, like click, click, oh. click, 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 click. That is an indication that it's like starting to get low on nitrogen. No shit. Yep. So I was going to ask, so to, and well, this might even pin into you. So your GTR is still drivable, even with this condition, but Lenny, I'm guessing yes. that your car is having this issue to some degree is which why you're asking about it. 
Well, my uh, card yeah, doesn't no, have yeah, the condition um, for the record. I don't have the condition. I just okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm just asking because maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I'm. I have never heard of the Altessa pump losing nitrogen, or like I didn't know that was a, a huh. problem. And so, John, uh, is enlightening me here. So. Very cool. Asking. That's what I'm here for, boys. Mr. Soapbox. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll be here all week. It's fantastic. What about you, Ryan? What, what did you do this week? Well, uh, I went to California again, and uh, it was <clears throat> very nice. Um, kind of a little bit different driving around, less in the actual San Francisco. I was in the Bay Area again, but I mostly stayed in the East Bay, uh, kind of between the first ridge and stuff but i did go to like oakland uh, i drove to Pinole point um up to vallejo fairfield things like that so so got a got a good drive around um i was very grateful to have a thursday off and the wife and i went down to pinnacle state park uh which was great uh really cool kind of to get out of the city and watch like the traffic just slowly drop away um and then as you got close to pinnacles it is just pure squiggles and um, I had a guy like right behind me who was kind of wanting to drive fast and I'm trying to like drive fast but smooth because my wife gets motion sickness so I couldn't like really get on the brakes uh, <clears throat> but I still kept up where this guy was like pushing me so it felt it felt really fun and then we got into the state park and did hiking things not car things um, so that was really cool I was in a Toyota Corolla and the sport mode on those is really nice because uh, you can just basically pop it to the left and there you go. And you can either just use the more controlled uh, higher RPMs or you can get with paddles. I I found that not using paddles is almost more fun just because like, at least with my wife's in the car, because I don't have to shift and be so aggressive on the G's uh, with her. So that was really cool. And then uh, Friday we had an opportunity to go from the East Bay over to um, – Golden Gate. So we were going to go to Mur Woods and I was like, all right, cool. We've got time to maybe hike, hike around Mur Woods and see that before we get on the plane. But it was like, do you have a reservation? I was like, no, I don't. No. And so, oh, no. <laughs> so we went down into Mur Woods, which was really fun. And then like, I mean, it was like, nope. And then we just went out basically the same highway, which is a lot of really close swiggles. And, um, I got stuck behind a kind of slower driver and I was like, all right, I'm going to send this and, uh, may have performed something, Slightly illegal, uh, passing not where there's dashes. But, I mean, I, I had a clear side up the mountain, so I was fine. Um, says the guys who do toge. Uh, <laughs> Never unsafe overtake. I, it was a safe overtake. It was definitely not legal. Let's put it that way. Um, you can, so I'm all about... How was the scenery in the Pinnacles switching subject? Awesome. So the Pinnacles was great. Um, we got lucky because I've watched some YouTube videos after the fact and during like COVID times and everybody's like, I'm going to be a hiker and learn how to bike. Uh, it was like backed up and you had to get there super early, but there was like almost nobody there. Uh, we went through a cave nice. where it was like, you need a flashlight. I'm like, we have our phone flashlights. And it felt like Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I was like, is it, are we, are we like getting chased right now by the Balrog? Like the, there was like steps in this cave and they're super narrow. And I was like in my head, imagining them like tilting sideways and like, don't touch me. I'm a door, you know, that sort of stuff. It was cool. Uh, if nice. I were to go again and if you go to Pinnacles, I would recommend a headlamp or like a true LED flashlight. So you could see further into the cave part. You're not walking on and all the little crevices and stuff. Uh, flashlight will get you through, but you're like clenching your flashlight and it was cold. So it was like perfect, like 65 outside and get in this cave and it was like 40, 50 degrees. And I'm wearing my North face. Wife's got like 
a hoodie on. She's like, I'm cold and I just want to get out of here. And uh, I went like full military, like just mission complete. Like I got to get out of this cave. I'm freaking out. And my wife's like behind me, like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. And so it was great though. Uh, and then there was a lake and you're like looking up and you see the pinnacles. I thought we saw some condors uh, on that main trail. Ended up going up a, a straight vertical climb similar to what you guys told me Mount Fuji earlier uh, before we started the podcast is like on volcanic rock, but it was Gross. like, it was, Gross. it was pure. Yeah. When you look at the trail map, it wasn't like flat, you know, vert and then flat and then vert and then flat. It was just pure all up. And I was like, I'm going to take this straight. And so I was like pumping 180 BPMs and I'm doing like 16 degrees of, of elevation started like eight, nine, got to 16 switchbacky. And I'm like, my legs are falling apart. I'm like, I got this. Man, and I'm just, math. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm just gonna go. I'm Air Force here, okay. So I'm just gonna go and uh, and push myself that, till I get to the. Is that supposed to scare us? I don't know. Whatever. I mean, none of us are eating. None of us are eating crayons. None of us are eating crayons here. Uh, so, <laughs> got to the top of the peak. It was awesome, and I saw some more condors. I wish I had bought another thing. I would if I went again. I have binoculars. Uh, but there was two black, big, big blackbirds talking to each other and squawking and flying around while I ate my munchies up there and then walked back down. So it was a lot of fun, a lot of really good driving. Um, so that's Pinnacles. I highly recommend it. We were going to go to Yosemite possibly, but there's just so much to do there. It's not really a day trip type of national park. And Pinnacles uh, definitely is. I'd recommend it uh, for sure. If you're a California person, get out there and see it. Nice. Yeah, that's that's what I did this week. Drove around Cali, and then I came back to Omaha, and then had to go north to, to Sioux Falls, and got stuck uh, yesterday in a snowstorm that led to an ice storm. So that was terrifying. I'm in a Rav Four currently, though, so I had snow mode and everything like that. Um, but it was like getting dark, and it was 45 mile per hour. I tried to brake going into rest stop. My tire skidded a bit, and I had to scrape ice off of my lights. Uh, so it was definitely a oh. long, longer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fine, I, it, but definitely a, a slow, arduous, by a Red Bull type of drive uh, for sure. Um, and thankfully, I got ahead of the storm and was on my way. But yeah, so I go from nice California squigglies and mountains and uh, good weather to negative uh, 17 degrees with 30 mile per hour winds and ice uh, and flat roads that are straight. In about a week, so that's what I've been up to. But Lenny, uh, I gotta ask you—you've got some good stuff. I know my cars are kind of what you can get at the rental store. Quite literally, are you though? Indeed, drove a, a really cool car, and you were also in California taking some squiggly roads. So I'd like to know about the experience as a whole. John, I'm sure wants to know about the technical car parts that I don't understand, and so we'll probably ask him out. So take it away, Mister Zerlift. Keep it pinned and uh, tell us what you did this uh, past week. Yeah, well, uh, I actually did some driving this week, which is a rarity nowadays <laughs> since the GTR. Um, we're going to say it doesn't have any registration, and that's what the reason why I'm driving it. I'm not driving it. We'll just go with that and keep it dead. Um, but no, uh, I'm part of Wait, the, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a group chat, a local, local driver's group chat. Okay. Um, for the past week and a half, you know, we've been surmise, you know, conspiring to, you know, go on a, a little bit of a spirited drive on a Sunday. You know, the stars aligned this past weekend, uh, and there was about four of us, five of us um, that could go. 
And so we live just outside of uh, Sacramento. And so we decided to take this road that goes by Lake Berryessa. Um, if you guys want to Google that, I think I sent you the link. Uh, if anybody listening wants to do that really quick. Um, or reference point, uh, that is just north of Vacaville, folks, on the 128. Yeah. So good me, know. myself, I wasn't really planning on driving because I couldn't because, like I said before, the GTR doesn't have current registration. That's why I can't drive it. End of story. Um, yeah, no, so it's not. I was uh, just throwing crying emojis up in the chat, right? And... <laughs> uh <laughs> kyle jeez kyle now kyle uh <laughs> he's part of uh rev match podcast he's one of the the boys he's local to us uh local to me shout out to him and rev rev match podcast crew go check them out they're also on spotify and where you know, wherever you get your podcast but he had dropped in our our group chat like hey lenny do you want to drive my car on this road and of course I'm going to take that opportunity. I've actually talked about Kyle's car uh, maybe once or twice. He has the Mark 7 VW GTI with some work to it. The Mark 7, huh? Yeah, it's um, pretty new. Newer newer generation. I used to have, um, a, Mark, I used to have a Mark 2 back in the day. I didn't realize they were up ooh. to 7. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I don't really keep uh, tabs on that. And, you know, I... I took him up on the offer, obviously, um, but I just thought it was fitting that last week I was ranting and raving about German cars and the recent ones out of the factory, all we have in the Pops and Bangs tune, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, here I am, at, here I am uh, being invited to drive one on a twisty, turvy road, you know, that's yeah, d- proper. Did but- this one have the bangs? Because we talked about BMW drivers and Merck's yeah. eye reference from what I ran into. Did he no, have the... no way am I going to throw a VW hot hatch in that in that category? Well, I mean, it's uh, the engines that are uh, that they're putting in the GTIs are actually pretty stout, and uh, like they could put down some power uh, but, with some pretty simple modifications. But are they making the pop bangs? Yeah. Does he have the poppy bangy tune? He does not have the poppy bangy tune because well, then, he yeah. there you Kyle, go. Kyle, my man Kyle, he's a true gearhead. He has uh, built this GTI over six years um, to be a right. track car. So then, and I was going to reference monster. this for you, John. The Mark 7 actually started production model years in North America from 2015 to 2021 is when yeah. that. Yeah, I think this is like a 2017, maybe. So yeah, it's in the middle there. I mean, yep. he's, he's got a fast car without the poppy banging tune. I I lift my. That's there you go. I lift yeah. my blue moon to you, sir. Just say GTR and it makes you know. That's there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, like, I'll raise my all day IPA. Uh, the road to and from Lake Berryessa is a pretty tight, very curvy road. Um, it's about thirty miles in length. Uh, from point A to point B. Uh, type of way, which is interesting uh, because the GTI, Kyle's GTI, is a four wheel, a uh, front wheel drive car. Excuse me. Yeah, front, front wheel drive. drive. Let's go. Boo. Um, wheel drive. Hatches. Let's go. This GTI did things I didn't think were physically possible. Like it defied gravity, and, and it's just nuts. 
Right. And I think that's the the most interesting. The, the point that I, I have to make about this car overall. Um, I'm grinning very wide, but I'm going to save it for a little bit later. Yeah. So, like, I, I first of all, to give this car some context, I think we should go over the specs of it, right? Um, yeah. So, it, overall, it, it's a, I think, like I said, I think it's a 2017 VW GTI. It's got the stock engine, though it has what it's called a Vortex XL turbo. Uh, so, Ryan, it's just the aftermarket turbo. Do you know what okay. that's? Do you know what that's based on? Or I gotta Google this. No, do you know? Uh, I can find out. Keep talking. Um, it's tuned for E85 uh, by a dude in uh, the Bay, San Francisco area, equilibrium tuning. Well, so uh, what does that mean? It's tuned for a specific fuel, basically? E80, yeah, E85 is corn flex fuel. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm a Nebraskan. It's ethanol. Yeah, right. it's ethanol fuel. It's the cheap stuff. It's what you buy that's cheap in Nebraska yeah. for like three bucks versus it's like $400 million in California. I'm, I'm sure John could get onto a soapbox all of his own for why, you know, E85 is good for race cars. I could do John's an, also. I could do an entire episode on E85. John's also Missouri-born Midwest boy. Don't let him fool you. Right. Oh. And so... Dude, this is Missouri born. On, on the spec He's Nebraska here. born. No, I'm Mem- um, Memphis born. A... Sorry. Oh yeah, got... you grew up in Midwest. Go ahead, Joanny. Go ahead. Shh. Stop interrupting me. I love you. <laughs> anyway, it's got a 925 cc multi-port fuel injection. Um, so where most four... it's a four banger. Remember here, but where most four bangers have four fuel injectors, this one has eight. Interesting. Also for the E85. And it doesn't do pop bang. That means it's a fuel design engine. It just is flames out the back as I like. That's sick. So so it's an inline four front wheel drive. Mm -hmm. Keep going. I'm liking this. Mm -hmm. Um, For suspension, it's got uh, Blistines, B16s. I think they're like the PSS 10 coilovers. They're really smooth. I am a huge fan of Bilstein, for the record. Bilstein and Olin's. Bilstein and Olin's is where my heart's at. It sounds like jargon to me. Can you help me understand the jargon, please, John? I mean, it's just it's just uh, brands of suspension, and you know, some okay. do it better than others. I've always been a big fan of Bilstein. Um, you can get Bilstein's OEM on a lot of good model cars, and one thing that's nice about the Bilstein, the stock Bilsteins aren't always the best. But generally, the internals are very high quality, and so you can gotcha. revalve them for you can like. There's a lot of places around the United States that work on Bilsteins, and so you can take your shocks off. You can send them to a Bilstein service center, tell them what spring rates you're going to run, and they'll revalve mm-hmm. your shocks for those spring rates. And I'm here to tell anybody that does anything on suspension, shock valving is everything. Shock. I, th- I thought. Tires were everything, so we're going well, up the chain. Okay, tires if we're shocks. if we're talking there's about of, there's a lot of things that are everything. Yeah, yeah I know. If we're talking about suspension <laughs> modifications, sh- shock valving is shock the difference. Shock valving is everything. The shock valving is the difference between a certain spring rate rattling the fillings out of your teeth and being uh, smooth as glass. Do we have a one on one on this? We need it. 
we'll do a suspension episode. You you guys know I'm always yeah. down for a tech episode. There it is. Always down. There for it is. Episode. We got a suspension one on one coming for you, folks, from Mister Soapbox himself. All right, what's after suspension, Lenny? Well, no. So, like, I actually want okay. to stay on suspension for a minute here. All right, because let's do it. Lake the Lake Berryessa Road or the route that we took on Sunday, it's very tight in terms of uh, curvature. Uh, the elevation is up and down, uh, but it's not as deep as, let's say, like Mount Fuji. But obviously, but um, there's a lot of gradient up and down. And what impressed me the most was the way this particular GTI with the with the Bilstein uh, coilover kit, and also the wave the wave track LSD that we'll get to here in a minute because that is the pinnacle there. Anyway. Uh, it, it was just so smooth. Like uh, at first, I was a passenger. Kyle drove it from Sacramento to Lake Berryessa, and so he warmed up the tires gracefully for me, uh, as well as showed me what what his car was capable of, and it, it blew my mind. Like gravity, physics defying stuff, I have to say. And, but it was just so smooth. I had um, no sort of inclinations of uncontrolled uncontrollableness as a passenger and it just blew my mind. Just to, yeah. Um, so moving on from that, uh, the way it stopped was incredible. And it, it really makes sense because it has a uh, stop text, uh, four pot brakes in the front, uh, with some, Ooh, uh, I like two piece rotors. Yeah. Some very aggressive pads. Do you know um, what kind? Uh, shoot. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. Okay. Um, Did they squeak when they were cold? Slightly. Okay. I don't think they were, like, true... <laughs> John sniffing his down like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> uh, tra- track pads, but... um, They they squeaked a little bit okay. at, the, at the onset, but, but they, they got up to temp quickly. But... Something that did take a little bit of time to heat up was the tires. And I didn't really, you know, know too much about it before I did any research. But the Nitto 555 tires, the Generation 2s, I think, the G2s, they take quite a bit of time to uh, to warm up the temperature. Do you know anything about that, John? Well, I mean, technically the Nitto 555s are, uh, are drag radials, so... Uh, very sticky, very sticky. Um, I don't know how they perform in corners compared to like some of the usual suspects. Although I know some guys that do HPDEs and stuff that run them. HPDE is high performance driver event, fancy way of saying track day. Um, and, uh, I mean, they're, they're like a, they're like a, I mean, they're a hundred treadwear tires. So it's like the most gangster DOT approved, right? It's the most aggressive tire that you can legally run on public roads. So that checks out that they would, uh, they wouldn't like, they, they, they have a lot of grip and they would take some, uh, some, it would take some doing to get them up to temp. Right. Yeah. Um, but once, once they were able to, once he was able to get it up to temp, like, uh, and really get on it, 
it it was amazing what that car could do. I, it it must have been the combination of the grip and the tires, uh, the Bilstein uh, coilovers absorbing the the shock of the dips in the road because Lake Bear that Lake Bear S road has like a lot of dips surprisingly, um, that are, are pretty aggressive if you take it as you know at a, a good clip. Uh, but what I have to say is the like I. Uh, foreshadowed earlier was the pinnacle of any modification i think he's ever done to this car was the wave track lsd that he has in it like wow it pulled the car through turns when it shouldn't have, at speed it shouldn't have yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because i have long long been a proponent of Torsen or helical gear style differentials in front wheel drive cars. Uh, I had a Quaif in my SHO back in the day. Um, no way. Oh, yeah, sir. Um, so, for those of y'all that don't know, I'm uh, sorry, I'm going to soapbox. Just, you know what? Taking a yeah, sip of my bourbon. Dozel. Dozel. Uh, so, back on it. First of all, a well-set-up rear-wheel drive or an all-wheel drive, you know, style platform is a superior drivetrain for performance driving. That's just true. However, a certain differential, a front-wheel drive car can do some really amazing things if you put the right differential in the front. And I know we haven't done, I don't think we've done an episode on differentials yet, right? No, we um, haven't yet. So no, we have not. I'm real, real, real quick. A differential is the thing on your drive axle. So when the power goes to your wheels, the differential is the thing that allows your inner and outer tire to spin at different speeds. Wait, is this the thing that exploded on Lenny's car in the tunnel? Mm. It's one of the things that exploded. Yeah, Lenny's okay. en- Lenny's engine exploded most notably, but yes. Um, okay. So anyway, and also the front front differential yeah. also did. That's what I thought. Okay. So the axles go into the differential, and the differential has this weird... Those mech- also blew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the differential has this weird arrangement, which we'll get into detail of later, that allows the two different axles to rotate at different speeds. Because if it was just a solid bar, they would have to spin at the same speed. And when you go into a corner, if you think about it, the tire on the outside has to physically travel a farther distance than the tire on the inside. Because if you think about a corner as a circle, the tire on the inside is making a smaller diameter circle than the tire on the outside. So to turn, your tires have to spin at different speeds, and a straight bar axle would not allow that. A differential allows that to happen, and they do it various ways. Um, Normal cars, like the type of BS that Ryan drives all the time, um, you know it. <laughs> have what's, yeah, they have what's called an open differential, which means it's a very simple mechanical link, and there is nothing inside the differential to make the torque from the engine go in any particular direction. And so the torque's always going to follow the path of least resistance, which is why when someone does tries to do a burnout in an open differential car, only one tire spins, the tire that loses traction first. Interesting. Yeah, and then once it loses traction, tire behaves or power behaves like electricity and it all just goes to that one tire. A limited slip differential, LSD, posi track if you're a boomer. Um, those are all devices 
that have some kind of mechanism inside them to send power to the other wheel that's n- that still has traction. And that's why they're good for performance applications. The problem is that limited slip differentials tend to not allow the tires to spin. They tend to match the speed of the tires. So like they can cause understeer if they're too tight because then it behaves more like a solid axle, if that makes sense. Here's why a Torsen style or... Lenny said it was a wave track. A wave track is a torsion style or helical gear style differential. Basically, there's a series of gears, and I won't get into why, but there's a bunch of gears inside the differential such that the differential behaves the opposite of an open differential. And so when a tire loses traction, instead of all the power going to that tire, the torsion differential has a mechanism in it where it sends all of the power to the other tire that's not losing traction. And so it behaves in reverse. So if you start burning out, it actually sends the power to the opposite direction. Here's why that's awesome in a front-wheel drive car. Because in a front-wheel drive car, your steering tires, the tires that are pointing the car where to go, and your drive tires are the same. So if you Mm -hmm. go into a corner with a helical differential in the front and you mash the gas, not only are you receiving steering from the steering wheel turning you're receiving steering from the outside tire because typically in a corner the inside tires lose grip first because they have a more extreme angle they have to follow to trace the circle so the inside tires will always lose traction first and so when you mash the gas turn the steering wheel it supercharges the rotation of the outside tire and it feels like the car is like in a black hole being sucked to the inside of the corner as long as you keep your foot in the pedal. Pulls it right through. And the, yep. sen- the sensation is incredible. So, like I said, a real-wheel drive car, all things being equal, always be faster because better balanced and chassis dynamics and you can drift it a little bit. Can't do that, but a front-wheel drive car with a good differential in the front is a whole lot of fun to drive fast. Is that is so that combined with the good suspension, Lenny? Is that what gave you this gravity-defying kind of feeling you're not used to driving a GTR? Well, no, it, it actually was very reminiscent of driving the GTR. I would say interesting the way uh, it pulled me through the turns, like, and I was in throttle in boost, um, and and it it just stuck it. Just well, amazingly, you, it was almost it was physics-defying, really. You say, uh, and, I, and I wasn't even really pushing it. The way Kyle was driving it prior to me, and like the way he was showing me, uh, was was really phenomenal. I would say um, the thing I would say the most about all of that is how comfortable it was from the onset. Like, um, it was interesting the way the power came on and how quickly it was like you could roll into the boost um but as soon as you like really put your hammer down like it, it just spun tires even with those dicky needle triple fives <laughs> that's cool like, like so, through second and third throughout you mentioned pull through the turn instead of push which i think is something we haven't really talked about uh, to some degree yeah, right it's interesting because four-wheel drive 
cars are are usually known for the understeer, right? Right. And the push to the outside of the yeah. car. But yeah. This one pulled pulled in, and mm-hmm. it was like uh, I was telling John earlier. Uh, it reminded me of of driving the GTR or like a four wheel drive car. It was yeah super super reminiscent of that. And because really I nice I could see that because with with GTR isn't it reminiscent? You, you're basically on rear wheel drive, and when those start to break, the front wheel drive takes over to basically pull you through the corner. Is that correct? With the older yeah. with the thirty two at least with the, that well, the, 50, the, 50, the, is that particular system though the computer system that's in the thirty two. Isn't that how it's kind of derived? That it's mostly rear wheel drive, and then it pulls through the front. Whereas, like, if I were to use uh, on this Rav Four that I have, for example, it's mostly front wheel drive, and then kicks into the rear. Well, mm, I don't know the finer points about the Rav 4s four wheel drive system enough to really answer that. Usually, trucks or you know utility type vehicles are like all time. When Most the, crossovers are, yeah. Or sometimes I think that some of the crossovers are front-wheel drive primary. On the GTR, Correct. it's always rear-wheel drive. And then gotcha. it has a clutch system that can engage to send up to 50% of the power. Uh, of the front. Okay, interesting. But it's always it's okay. a, it's always a variable scale. on it, And that's how most supercars that have those types of systems in the GTR operate, where it's you can never tell at any one time what the split is, and it's it's sliding as it detects what the car is doing. So through the fact that this has an LSD and it's front-wheel drive, it basically had a similar feeling to a GTR, despite the fact that there was no power coming from the rear tires. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so the thing, the thing that the GTR does that I think that Lenny... So the, the thing about front-wheel drive cars is that they're very easy to drive because no oh, yeah. am- no amount of hammer dropping is going to make the rear end step out on you. Yeah, so mm-hmm, for sure you can kind of get away with a lot of dumb shit. Um, Ends up in the air for me doing that. Yeah, <laughs> and the reason the reason that a GTR feels good to drive fast is that when you start to do dumb shit. It mm-hmm. sends it to the front and kind of stabilizes the car. When oh, yeah, the car starts nice. to get loose. Like, like when I drive my Skyline in the rain and I give it the business, I'll mm-hmm. feel the ass end wiggle once or twice, and then the front end takes in and the car just accelerates. So it's like the car's like thinking about getting naughty, and then the four wheel drive system keeps it from getting naughty. And so nice. I think Lenny's kind of experiencing a similar sensation in this where like the car won't get naughty because there's no power going to the rear. And then right, right, right. the stuff that usually sucks about front wheel drive where it won't complete a corner if you're giving it gas. <laughs> right. Yeah. God, I know that problem. Yeah. The differential, <laughs> the differential's taken that over. And in front wheel drive cars with that type of differential, generally, right. the harder you accelerate through a corner, the tighter they corner that's nice i want one of those and that so that makes it behave a lot more like a rear wheel drive car because in a rear wheel drive car you push and push and push and push and push and the car will go tighter and tighter and tighter until the rear end steps out and then even then then pulls well even then if the rear to end steps out you can counter steer and kind of drift through it and so Mm -hmm. it's a the difference with a rear wheel drive car is you can approach the limit. You can exceed the limit a little bit and still make it through the corner in most front wheel drive cars. 
if you exceed the limit, you go straight and run wide. But in this car, right. yeah, in this car, you it, make it. Yeah, it has a similar it. sensation. <laughs> and Absolutely, speak, and, and, and like I just, I just want to say really quick, uh, Kyle's car is not underpowered, you know, in, in the typical front wheel drive car sense at all. That's, like, oh come on, don't don't throw the problems so under there. I looked I'm up, just saying, you know, like, I looked up the specs yeah. of the turbo. So it's a, it's like a hybrid turbo that this company made to fit in like a stock-ish casing, so it bolts on. Um, but the wheel specs for one, it's a billet wheel, which is good. Um, two, it's not super far off from like a precision 62 millimeter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's an honest to God, 600 horsepower yeah. turbo. If you're oh, wow. Business. Yeah. That's nice. So that car was not slow. <laughs> so, so Lenny, you were saying earlier how, you know, you haven't driven in a while and you enjoyed this experience of giving gifted this front wheel drive hot hatch german yeah, vehicle Kyle really trusted me which surprised you baby. but you yeah, wanted to, you also want to talk about the experience of being a passenger in this car as well uh moreover of how he drove it versus how you you did because he, again you're driving it kind of from that gtr perspective whereas he's this is his car and his baby as you just said right so like what was the experience being a passenger of somebody driving this type of vehicle compared to you know of other cars you've been in so you know um something that's that's pretty unique both kyle and i we had not driven that road prior to that day and so like he drove it from sacramento to lake berryessa and i drove it from lake berryessa back to sacramento and so we both had unique experiences on that um that same stretch of road and we were where we were both learning it as we drove it and so he was much more comfortable in his car, obviously, and so he knew what what um, his car was capable of. And so I wasn't really paying attention to learning the road as a passenger. I was looking into how he was driving and where he was keeping his RPMs and, like, what is safe. Because I knew that at some point he would throw me the keys to it. That was the whole um, plan for the day, right? Right. And right. What, I, what I observed the most is how high he was keeping the rpms throughout the course um and so like he was keeping it in the six thousand seven thousand rpm range um man i would have i would have killed to get which be in is, this car which i i you know after some research i learned is is pretty crazy to do in a not in a, you know in a stock gti motor yeah. car and so like shout outs yeah. to equilibrium tuning over at the bay um for what they've done on kyle's car like because it's crazy so uh, like, it, it's a pretty amazing Amazing build, Lenny. I got a question. What uh, what was the power band like? Did did you discern a lot of lag, or when did it kind of come um, on? It came on in like the thirty five hundred RPM range. Okay. And like the the thing the thing is like it, so it was pushing like uh, thirty three psi, I think, on the turbo. It's pretty hot. <laughs> hot. Um, if I do wow, say that's <laughs> a lot of boost. Yeah. So he's over two uh, bar. Yeah, it's over two bar God. for sure. Jeez, uh, thing has got to be like, nasty. You, you could roll roll into the boost pretty smoothly if you wanted, but like the if second you, you put more than sixty percent throttle and like you're in the thirty two, thirty five, hundred RPM range in third gear and like you're spinning tire. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's great yeah because like if like if you keep it straight and i i, I credit to the nitto uh triple fives because like they do a very good job of it as i learned on the highway shout out to timmy and his s4 because i sent him the gapplebees hey <laughs> oh get the pick two uh, special boy yeah <laughs> but like wow yeah the pickup the power band is low to to red line and it just wants to keep pulling. I had to remind myself to shift because the the motor and the turbo just wanted to keep. Pulling. Interesting. So ah. that that's kind of like almost through all the gears, mind you. There's and that's that that is basically uh, a manual, not an auto for those wondering. H pattern. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. Um, just clarifying. Uh, so I mean that's similar to like F F one people that test F one cars or even F two cars that the rev band is so high that your ear is not used to hearing it at that in like that rev level and so you're so not used to shifting right and, and that kind of John does that happen to you in motorcycles at all like switching between cars and motorcycles like the hearing and like the audible tune of it um it's so. It kind of depends on the bike, man, because you got to think I have three effing bikes. Yeah, so the, like the fast ones it have high RPMs, right? Yeah, so my my Daytona wraps out to like 13, 13, 5,000 RPM. Which most um, people don't hear in their car on a daily drive. Yeah, ever. and on that <laughs> on that particular bike, it sounds so friggin' gnarly that high mm. up that I am like. But when it gets like ten or eleven thousand, I'm kind of like, uh, are we there yet? Are we there? Because like this, <laughs> this sounds like I should be shifting. So interesting. I don't usually get surprised by the shift point on the Daytona because I'm, I'm like, are you sure it's not? Oh no, I still got two thousand to go. Um, on my KTM because it doesn't actually have a tack. It's like a dirt bike and it's a thumper. Um. That one surprised me a few times, but then you become very intimately familiar with that bike because it doesn't have a tack, and so you like really learn where it's at. Um, but that that bike has a flat, like a tabletop flat torque curve, so you can't feel Interesting. it. Interesting. It never falls so that, off. That I would seems say through fifth gear. If I would, if I were to keep it in boost, yeah, in that car in fifth gear, like I would, we would be talking like above 150 miles an hour. Wow, and it would still be pulling, and like that's, that's gnarly. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's so odd too, because like you know, you say high RPM shifting type of cars. I think obviously Honda, um, but not necessarily in the German cars. And it's it, right. I mean, normally they'd shift around like the six or seven band, right? But I mean, <clears throat> I mean, his so his red line is eight thousand RPM. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But it would pull. I would pull. But it, the it, too, the, the, yeah, the, the the turbo and the engine wanted to pull. The know, way it was yeah. all tuned properly and correctly, it just was yeah. flowing. It was great. And well, man, it's yeah. that sounds Sent sick. Timmy straight to Gapplebees. Look, a big, a big ass, a big ass turbo will like <laughs> make up for the air deficiencies of an engine because you have to think about it. a turbo is literally cramming air down the right. throat of an engine so even if your engine maybe 
the power band of the cams and stuff kind of tops out at 6,000 RPM. If your turbo has lungs to eight or 9,000 RPM, the car won't feel like it falls off that hard. If the turbo is just like, "Eh, eat bitch. Um, That's pretty neat. Yeah. (laughs) So what's interesting about uh, Kyle's GTI is like, even in second and third gear in those lower RPM bands and those lows, those lower speeds, it like the lag was not existent. Interesting. Like, That's it, cool. It was pretty smooth. And so like at, throughout the entire toga, if you would, because that's the 30 mile toga is what it was. Yeah. It was great. Um, it just performed throughout. It was really amazing. And well, shout outs to him and for, I think... for building the cards. Uh, and, and it's a track car and it, it does great laps around the track as well. So I think that's very well purposeful. I think that's kind of a testament to like newer turbo and engine technology that allow boost levels to rise higher. And so, you know, what you're ending up with are these smaller, lower inertia turbo wheels, and then you boost them to higher boost levels, right? Um, And so you have a wheel that is spinning up sooner, and it has a higher peak RPM. And so that makes the effective power band larger. Whereas, you know, back in the heyday of Japanese tunings and probably a lot of the stuff that me and you were used to seeing Lenny were big fat ass turbo wheels because, Hey, I need to make 600 horsepower and I got to make it with 15 PSI. Um, Word. and so yep. then you'd get these power bands that would, cause these turbos are huge. Cause you got to make the power at a low boost, right? Where does this guy spin into 33 PSI? People think I'm nuts and I run 22 on my GTR. Like he's 11 higher than me. Um, right you're like yeah i run 19 on high boost yeah it's nuts yeah so look small wheel spun to the moon it's kind of neat yeah this sounds like a car that i would love to drive it fits really quite well with my ethos of hot hatches front wheel drive turbo to the moon rpms to the moon so wait wait hold on wait i have all that to say but wait until kyle finds an all-wheel drive donor car to take the drivetrain and all that stuff out of that oh. and put it into his two-door GTI. All right. It's going to be a bigger monster. That's his I plan. love it. Yeah, it sounds pretty sick. But as yeah. it is, it is very much a car I wish I was driving. And speaking of what I wish I was driving, John is leading the charge on this night's episode of that. And John's hint was an odd one that had Lenny quite stumped. Mm-hmm. It is... An engine seems like a thing, but it's a different thing. Yep. The engine in this car seems like a thing, but it's a different thing. It seems like one thing, but it's actually a different thing. So Quite interesting. Quickly for y'all, what I wish I was driving is a segment where I pick a car, and Ryan and Lenny have 20 yes or no questions to guess the car that I'm thinking of. Um, they can only guess a car once. If they guess a car and get it wrong, the game ends. And for this particular car, I'm not going to make you boys specify a specific generation. No, Jen. Um, but I do need you to guess the actual spec of the car. But yeah. due to our rule spec. that we only pick like the high-end flagship spec, that shouldn't be especially hard. Well, that's not actually a rule because, I mean, Lenny's picked some Opals and some other things. So, Well, I'm just saying you got to pick the peak the peak model for whatever right. the car this is. is any anyway. model for this Peak model for this car, but not generational specific. Cool. Yep. John, right. I'm going to shoot going this to... off. Is this car compound charged? Compound charged, no. Okay. 
I don't know what that means. And if you had said yes, you'd explain it. It means turbo um, and supercharged. <clears throat> oh yes, thank you. Uh, are we going to America, John? USA, no. Is this a rear-wheel drive car? Rear-wheel drive. No. John, are we going to Europe? Europe, yes. This is a V8? V8, no. Mm, hot engines. Italiano? <clears throat> Italian, no. Is this turboed? Turboed? No. It's like a hovercraft or something. <clears throat> Other, okay, so Italian's a lot of engines. German? Could be an Opal. He could be, he could be doing the switchback on us here, Lenny. Did this car race GT? Ooh, he's looking. That's a strange face. When you say GT, if you want, I could uh, surmise GT three. No, I will say this: this is <clears throat> this is not. I'll give you a little extra hint. This is not Ooh. a car that you would normally associate with very high end factory funded racing. Did it happen? I don't know, but would you think of it? No. Okay. So not really seen on the racing scene. Not at a not at a high international yeah, factory yeah. level. No. Right, right, right. The, the the people that want to soup this up and do silly things, yes. The people that do this professionally, no. fair. <clears throat> okay. Was this a Mercedes VAG or? Ferrari. Well, it's we a Campia Ferrari. It's on. not Italian. We specify it's not Italian. So you're asking if this was either a Mercedes or belonged to a brand that was part of VAG? Yeah, sure. Yes. So, okay, that pretty much makes it German, which is what I was going to ask. So, perfect. You clarified Merck or VAG, and VAG gives you like all of the things, and Merck is very more specific. VAG gives you a handful of things. For uh, for German brands, you know, a couple. So it's a... With an engine that... What what was the hint? Shit, I forgot. Engine that Looks, seems like a thing. Seems like it is. But is actually another thing. Wait seems a like second. A thing. Another thing. Is this uh, is this like a W engine? Money, is that... That would mean that it's a Bugatti. Well, or yeah, the that's Audi. a thing that's. It's a thing that seems like a thing that's not right. What other weird engine things engine makes that's it? That's a thing. That's a different thing. It's a different thing. But it's not. No, 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 no. no. It can't be Bugatti Ooh, because it's not turboed. Would it be by the fueling? Maybe would it be like a well? Because a diesel still an engine. Hydrogen maybe. Electric maybe. But it's not manufactured GT racing. High yeah. Manufactured GT racing. Like. Sean, was this car made after 2000? After 2000, no. 
So probably not electric. You're looking at that. That was question <laughs> ten, right? Correct. We're on eleven that, now. Yep. 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 Hmm. Not after two thousand. Engine. Uh, that's you think it's a thing, but it's a different thing. I will say you guys don't actually know very many details about this car. Basic. John, is this a front engine car? Front engine, yes. Is this all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive car? All-wheel or four-wheel drive, no. Ooh, is this a... So this, that means it's got to be a front engine... We'll drive an car then. Yeah. Yes, yeah, an FF. FFNA or supercharged at this point? I would have. I would imagine it's probably an A. We're in Germany. Germans don't do supercharged, do they? Compressors. John's giving us the SESE. Well, you you said do Germans do supercharged? That's not a clue for the car. I'm just answering your question. Yes, the they do. And they don't. Yeah. Uh, from man, John's got me stumped with this hint. I gotta say, I think first and foremost, hey, don't he does he does good hints. I will say this: since you guys are struggling, we're after question ten. I'll give you an additional question or additional hint. Okay, there is a meta at play. You that makes it worse. You're an asshole. (laughs) The meta of today. It's a fuckboy car, maybe? <sighs> well, it's front engine, and it's front-wheel drive. Front-wheel drives are like, come on, those are super... Hmm. We know it's VAG, though, which, again, that, uh, that does not narrow it down for us. But the meta could be, the, it's, it's similar to the car that we have discussed today's episode, possibly, because that is a front-engine, front-wheel drive car that is by VAG. That is technically John, meta. Was this car built in the 80s? Hold on. So you say meta, and then my, my brain goes nuts. Not cool. <laughs> uh, yes, the original production date started in the 80s. OG production, 80s. All right. Is this car associated sometimes with a farm animal? A farm animal? Yes. Can you get you know, like cow, goat, and... sheep, deer, rabbit, rabbit? No, not to my knowledge. Rabbits are farm animals to you, Lenny. You do live mm-hmm. in the city. <laughs> farm animals. Those are just animals. I think I see where you're going. And good try. Oh, uh oh, Lenny's on something. But I said no. I did say no. Yeah, but that still gives him. John, was this a four-cylinder engine car? Four cylinders, no. So we're not eight. We're not four. Not this model. Which is the peak model. Okay. Okay.
John, does this car share? Does the top mod the top model car share the same uh, sort of common connotation as yours and my car? That makes any sense. Like three letters. Like R thirty two. That's too specific, probably of a no. Okay, but dang, but there is I see where you're going with it, and there is a loose lineage, but no directly. <clears throat> I don't know, Ryan. I'm a little lost. Uh, I need a clutch. I need very, a clutch here. very loose. Very loose, but there All is right. a lineage. No animal. Something with numbers. Possibly German VAG. Not four cylinder with that particular. The, the car comes in a four cylinder, but not the particular top spec. But the top spec doesn't go to V8, which means that to me it might be a V6 and or jump up to like a V10 or a V12. Germans don't An typically NA? do. Germans don't, Germans don't typically do V10s, do they? Yeah, Germans do V10s, sure. Okay. Especially where in the 80s. Oh, like not not the where they, they also offer a, a four-cylinder in the same model. Um, yes, so... Hmm. I don't know, I'm a little lost. I'm... I'm trying to get there. It's got to be something Driving. German that's kind of cheeky. Uh, it's front-wheel drive. Who in Germany does front-wheel drives really well? Audi's been away from that forever since the 80s. So who in the 80s did front-wheel drive well? Well, the, Remember the, the original model was in the 80s. Yes. Remember the meta? But the meta is the fact that we're talking about the... GTI, which is similar to a R32, if we're talking right, about the meta. Right, and they do R32 variant, but... That was in so, the 2000s. Yes, yeah, right. so what, what in the 80s, pre-2000s. Oh, shoot. Come on, Lenny. It's a Golf Mark II. You think so? I don't know. I don't know too much about the, the Golf okay, Mark Okay, let's narrow it down. Those all had four cylinders. All, all of them. There we go. Uh, I thought it was meta because John said that he owned a, a Golf Mark II, and that would be very meta because that's all. That would be super about. duper meta. Well, no, that wouldn't be meta to what we're doing. This well, it kind of would because we talked about a GTI. So yeah, this is meta, meta. this has uh, I'm lost. This has meta ties to this episode, and it also has a tie to some previous conversations we've had. Oof. Oh man, that's I rough. To, I think I'm gonna have to. You guys don't know. White you guys, flag here. You guys still don't know what engine this thing has. Is it? Does it have a V6, John? V6, yes. Okay, there we go. V6 front wheel drive. FF V6 FF German. We've got two questions uh, and a guess. Wait. Uh, wait. 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 Uh, John, does this have like a uh, like a saloon hatch? Are you asking if it is somewhat hatchy backy? Yes. Yes, I would say this is somewhat hatchy backy. 
Oh, no way. <laughs> you got me. Let's go, boys. Let's oh, go. I just Come have on. to remember the name. Come on. Shoot. Oh, that's good. That's good. We're getting there. Yes. Oh, man. It's It's got VR6 in the name. There it, it starts is. with a C. It's C R C A R R I. It's got a weird. You're on it. It's got a John real knows name. you're on it. John knows you're on the button, Lenny. Come on. All I got is a guess, right? Uh, you got one question and a guess, and I'll give you another what? hint. Ryan oh. probably knows this car. Ugh. Wow. Probably probably <laughs> knows it more immediately than you do, Lenny. That's insane. Dang it. Dang it. Okay. I know this car more immediately than Lenny does. That's that's no way. I mean, Lenny's Lenny's Ryan, struggling okay, okay, with Ryan. it. Right. Lenny's struggling with it right now. Right, right, right. Okay. Think, okay. Um, nineties movies, Jawbreaker, like every white girl you ever knew from, <laughs> with the Valley accent. What? Driving the the. It's it's, a, it's like a cabriolet, but it's not. Uh, what? Dang it! You never watched the movie Jawbreaker? No, they're driving it, and I just can't think of the model. And it's gonna kill me. Jawbreaker. It's you're so you're seeing the film Jawbreaker in your head. Dude, and apparently I'm I'm more familiar with this. There's no. So way. VR six is it's got VR six in 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 the model. That's that is the the flagship that that John's talking about there. Ah, uh, dang it! And it's German. It's a VW something. Okay. Something VR6. Oh, man. It start, it's C, it's carry, car. It's not a Camaro or something like that. No. No, it's the, it's the VW car something or other VR6. Dang it. I hate to lose like this. This is dumb. I yeah. hate it. One question, Wait. I guess. I just don't know how I would be more familiar with this car. Meta. Meta, John's going deep Think on back. this. Think back. Like in my life? Yes. <sighs> it's sort of hatchybacky. It's only got two doors. Lenny knows. Kind of got car. a Lenny a long He literally knows nose. the car. I've I've literally driven I've I've never driven anything like this because I've done Hyundai accents. I've right. done didn't know there were front wheel drive either. That's interesting. We're running out of time, boys. You got a question right. and a guess. You need to What's... <sighs> Raise the flag or shoot the J. Carados, uh, Carmeros, Car, something or another. Oh, just shoot the J. What? What? What do we got? You You could shoot the J more than I can. I have no idea what it is, man. It's a Volkswagen V6. VR6. VR6. Okay, do that's the engine is a VR6, right? Damn it, John! I'm gonna have to. Wait I don't know. Forward. What are we doing? Are we dropping this? Let's drop it. I got. I got. I, I don't know. I'm gonna feel bad about John. this. All right, John, take your W. All right, boys. Are you good? Yeah. I feel bad about this because Lenny okay. literally had the car, and then Ryan literally said the car. <laughs> no way! Oh, no. The car in question is the Volkswagen Corrado VR6. Wow. It is so meta. What, how, it is meta. Why is it meta? Because the Corrado shared like 80 or 90% parts commonality with the GTI. Okay. Ryan, Ryan, like five episodes ago, you went on this huge Volkswagen kick and you were asking us about Scirocco's and Corrado's and all these <laughs> weird one-off Volkswagen oh, man. brands. 
and 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 the Mark II GTI that I owned that you guys referenced yes. during this game had yes. a Corrado VR6 swap. Oh my god. That's amazing. I didn't know it had the swap. Oh, well played, John. Well played. Well played. And, well, and John's, my, John's got it. my original hint of VR6 engine seems like an inline six, but is actually a V6. Hmm. Wow. Amazing. It is a 15 degree V6. So the cylinder, it's a W engine, like you guys were talking about earlier. I was, yes! <laughs> it's a 15 degree Dang, V6. Man. So, Dang, so man. we were on it. Yeah, the ah. cylinders are so close that it's a V6 with one cylinder head, and all the cylinders are just oh zigzag. Amazing. Amazing. Good ah. pick, John. Great pick, John. You get that W with much, much earnest. Oh, well, folks, it's been... And, oh, yes. and, sorry, sorry, sorry. My GTI, uh, my Mark II Rabbit... With a Corrado VR6 engine swap. Mark II Rabbit had a Wave Track LSD, so it's even more meta. Beautiful. More meta. Well, that has been a beautiful storytime meta episode of Squiggly Roads and great What I Wish I Was Drivings. Can we just stop saying that Squiggly, it's Twisties. Just Twisties, <laughs> Squigglies. I kind of like, like it. Tell them what you want. Like, I kind of like it, Squiggly Roads. That, that, that can be a Zero Lift original. Squigglies. Okay. I love it. Keep it. Uh, we'll leave it up to a vote then. Go Schmobbin. Hit those squiggly roads, those twisty roads. We'll leave it up to a vote. You can find on uh, zeroliftpodcast.eth on Instagram and Twitter. Lenny will be posting that vote for you guys to cast. And uh, we appreciate your listen. Let us know uh, if we can do better. We'll see you next time. Keep it pinned. We've been uh, Lenny. Later, later. John. Miss you already. And Ryan. See you later. <laughs>